You're listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Sex and relationship advice you can use tonight. Welcome to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. I'm your co-host, Brandon Ware, here with my lovely other half, Dr. Jess. How's it going? I'm excited. What for? We're going to be talking to my friend. and we, we need to dive right in because I know they have a lot to say. <laughs> so much to say. You know what? We should really spend some time catching up on our Frisbee skills with, oh, with Adam. I feel as though you and our guest are going to pick on me today. <laughs> I'm v- very much looking forward to this conversation. Well, before we welcome them, I want to give a quick shout out to Let's Get Checked folks. If you have any health tests that are overdue or do anything from STIs to hormones to cholesterol to diabetes to Lyme disease to celiac, it is covered by Let's Get Checked. They send you the test, you take your own sample, you mail it in, and you check your results securely online. It's letsgetchecked.com. Please use code Dr. Jess to save at checkout and also to let them know that you heard about it here. During a pandemic, can't be a better time than doing your own testing at home. You know, if I don't have to leave my house, I won't. Uh, you, that is the absolute truth. Unless it's to go on a plane. <laughs> Unless it's to go on a plane. But otherwise, I want my hair cut here. I want my teeth cleaned here. Want, so, so let's want, get checked. I want my Dr. Jess <laughs> using her own code. It's true. I have. I have, actually. All right. Without further ado, let's dive right in. Adamar is a genderqueer, straight-friendly therapist from Austin, Texas. She is a defender of pleasure and a slayer of shame, a bougie bitch who loves to dish out wisdom on sex, love, and mental health. Here with us today is the fabulous Miss Adam Maurer. How you doing? (laughs) <laughs> I'm so good. I was just thinking, man, you had me on once and shame on me for tricking you into that. Uh, but now you know what you're getting into. And so you have uh, all the troubles on you. <laughs> well, last time you complained that Brandon wasn't here. And so I was a little late to the meeting today. Actually, I wasn't late. You both were early and I walked in and you were you were chatting with one another unsupervised. Adam and I were <laughs> simply discussing the terms of our recent pro frisbee sponsorship um, agreements and how amazing they are because as everybody knows Jess is a frisbee fiend and uh, we call it desk (laughs) (laughs) we call it ultimate we call it ultimate yeah (laughs) and uh, you know just just keep keeping Adam up to speed with what's happening behind the scenes I did not know that Big Patrulli had so much money (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh i knew you guys were gonna make fun of me for sure as soon as i got you together what? hang on have you even ever met in person we haven't met in person but we had a lovely conversation before uh this began today you know you talk behind my back on instagram that's what i think you two do <laughs> <laughs> the chest we, you know, we just serve some tea every now and then. It's all good. <laughs> no, Adam, Adam just used me to get to Brandon. He was like, you know what? I'm... I think I'm going to meet this Dr. Jess character just so that I yeah. can get together with her partner. 
I have done less for a man. Trust. <laughs> I really feel like a, a trip, a trip to to Texas is warranted in the near future to to you know to really gel this relationship. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Take it to the next level. Oh my goodness. And Brandon's never been to Austin, but you know, first I have to ask, who is your copywriter who wrote that intro for you? This was like a when before they walk into the the ring. <laughs> You know, Brandon, Brandon, can you, I don't know if you can uh, read this, this intro in your voice. I think it's going to be even better. We're, here we are. A genderqueer, straight-friendly therapist from Austin, Texas. She's a defender of pleasure and a slayer of shame. A bougie bitch who loves to dish out wisdom on sex, love, and mental health. The fabulous Miss Adam Mouth. <laughs> I wrote that shit, girl. I am a, a one person machine over here. It is just me. There, there is no Brandon. There is no Kelly. <laughs> it is just me and my multiple personalities. <laughs> well, I, I think we need a do over because Brandon's intro was way, way better than mine. But uh, Adam, we have so much to talk about today. So uh, because you yeah. are a therapist, I thought that I could share some questions from listeners and you could perhaps weigh in. I have I have a first question here. It's a little bit of a long one from a person who says, hi, I am 49 years old. I was in an emotionally abusive relationship that produced two children who are now adults. Finally got the nerve to tell my partner I didn't want the relationship anymore. Uh, I was 17 when we first met. And now I finally got the nerve after about seven years to go on a dating site. I met a couple guys and it was so hard. Nothing became of the two that I met. But I met a guy on another site about six months ago. And I wasn't attracted to him, but we messaged each other a lot. And then we met up a couple of times. We kissed a couple of times and held hands. And then he asked if I'd be his girlfriend. Uh, We don't see each other very often because of work schedules. Maybe once a week I go for a sleepover and the sex is good. But honestly, I haven't been with anyone other than my ex. Since then, I have connected with an old co-worker to whom I am attracted. We've been messaging. We started sexting. uh, We met a couple times and we made out. And uh, then I went to his house to watch TV. I told him nothing would happen, but I couldn't stop myself. I wanted him so badly and we had sex on his couch. It was amazing. I felt so close to him, but I felt guilty about it and I can't stop thinking about him. Even while making love to my boyfriend, I thought about this guy. Uh, The boyfriend and I have told each other we love one another and I really feel great with him. But uh, we can't do much other than watch TV together and stay home and have sex because he's stuck at home for specific reasons. Uh, And the other night I was thinking about this other guy. I'm so confused. I'm starting to have feelings for this other guy. I don't know what to do. That is a lot. But Adam, I know you've got this. I do have this. So one, you know, I am openly more than monogamous. And I wish we lived in a world that taught people that it's okay to have feelings about all sorts of people, places and things. And so when I hear people feel like this conflict of this feels safe and this feels adventurous or fun and I feel torn, I don't know what to do. The first place I go is to, cool, what what do you think about more than monogamy? Could 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 you have uh, space for that in your life? Could that be an identity for you? Because, you know, I, as someone who <laughs> actively lives this, I'm like, yeah, I have like friends that I like fuck real good. And that's all we do. It's really wonderful. But I also have friends that are really about kind of a feeling of emotional safety or closeness. Sometimes it's intellectual. Sometimes we're talking about like social justice and shit. Like there's, there's all that capacity there and the okayness to go, wow, I am a, a complex being 
who had many needs and this world offers a million ways to get those met. What works for me? So opening up to potentially non-monogamy um, is one option. What about people who are just close to it? Like, what do you say to people who are yeah. like, no, I can only be with one person? Yeah. So if you're going to be with just one person, then you're going to have to think about, you know, what, what you can outsource within the relationship boundary that you have set. So I like you know, that. I, of, I, I like outsource. I get a lot of, of women who come to me because, you know, the dude they're with is not um, as emotionally available because we live in society that doesn't usually value that for people who raise male, but they might get that emotional fulfillment from their group of girlfriends. And so, you know, what I say is like, that's great. You have access to it. It doesn't have to be from a partner. So when you take things out of this hierarchy that like one person, the person who is, you know, going to be dicking you down also has to do all these other things. That's a lot of, of pressure. It's a lot where someone could flub. Why can't we just say, Hey, if, if we're going to be monogamous, then Maybe, you know, the creative elements of me gets expressed in my hobby and my partner can sit at home and watch Netflix. <laughs> Maybe like the emotional like part of me can be expressed in, in my friendships. Maybe my disc buddies can be where I go <laughs> wild and out. Um, I, I see you both <laughs> laughing. I see. <laughs> well, we're not laughing. Not my disc buddies. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know what you call them. Hang on. Have this, either this, of you this, ever this, been this. on a sports field? Because I, Adam, when's the last time you were on a sports field? <laughs> like on a pitch? Um, I have been. I, I have to say I was the unofficial. Um, I don't even know what it's called. When you like carry the equipment person for our girls volleyball team in high school. Thank you very much for the read. <laughs> but That's you, you haven't been day, in high school in a out. while. <laughs> when's the last time you were in high school? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I did just turn 39. <laughs> Ooh, you got, you, you got a big year. You got a big year coming up. I know. This is this is the year when in my community, the gay community, they put me on an ice drift and send me out to sea. Oh, no. That ageism, though. That ageism, though. No. So I really yeah. appreciate what you're saying with the reminder that one person cannot fulfill all of your needs. Um, however, no. I do think this person is wondering about sex specifically so people i I think part of the problem is that we assume that we're monogamous we hold monogamy in the highest possible regard and maybe some people are gonna challenge where they got those notions and adjust and maybe some people aren't so if you're with this person that makes you feel great and you want to have sex with other people and you want to be monogamous is it fair to say you can't have your cake and eat it too or is there a way to make this work I'm thinking too, it, some people just physically, you just have like the chemistry, the it, and it feels really great. Like one of my frisky friends was kissing my wrist one time. And I have to tell y'all, like, I, I've never fantasized about being kissed on the wrist. I had never like been like, ooh, that's going to be so hot. But this motherfucker made it in art form. And I said, I am turned all the way the fuck up. And in that moment, I was like, wow, like there's just so much chemistry in this connection. I, I could see where someone could say... I don't, I don't know what to do. I feel torn. I really enjoy this. This feels like something I can't even, it's almost like um, the difference to me between reading something and listening to it some in, in music, right? Like it, it just hits mm-hmm. different and it hits like a part of you different when there's like the physical and, and all that. So I think there's so much that can be in good sex. And you know, most people will do a lot of stuff for some, some good sex. 
So like when I have frisky friends in town, Austin's kind of big and, and challenging to navigate sometimes. I'm like, look, this is a dictate. I will go north of downtown. I will go all the way to Pflugerville <laughs> for some good dick. That's like 40 minutes out. Um, but if we just having lunch, Mama, I'll go downtown and that's it. Like I'm up at two o'clock this and we done. I guess that's why <laughs> we met we- downtown when I was there. <laughs> I mean, if you buy Brandon, girl, I would have met you in Round Rock. <laughs> he's my, gold, ah, he's my golden ticket. <laughs> yes. <laughs> in my head, like, this is what I picture. You have, like, access to, like, all the gay clubs. Could you just bring Brandon with you? <laughs> You're like, you know, hi. Early, early in our relationship, Brandon bartended at one of the gay clubs. And he wore these tiny little pair of gold shorts. Tiny, tiny. Like, what would you say? Like, it was four inches long. It it was hold on. What's four inches long? The shorts. The shorts? <laughs> <laughs> yes. No. Um. It was. Uh. Yeah. I I bartended and it was my first shift at this new club, pretty big gay club, and they brought out my outfit and it was gold briefs, and I thought, let's do this. Let's do this. But Adam got it wrong because I couldn't get into the club. It's like Brandon can get Brandon is not my <laughs> ticket into the club. They're like, yes, yes, you come right in. You wait at the door. <laughs> you you get access if you show up and you pretend to be a drag queen. <laughs> I don't know, you man. Like, hi, I am fabulous. Uh, I had to. What would your drag to... name be, Jess? Mm, something to do with jizz. <laughs> Because it rhymes. Jezebel. It would probably be Jezebel. It's what my mother called me. Jezebel. Yeah. My mother gave me my my nickname, Jezebel. Although it's she meant it lovingly. Okay. We have to go back to this. So this person's in this situation where they feel um, good with this partner, but they want Mm -hmm. sex with somebody else. They've only been with two people. They were in this relationship that wasn't so healthy for a long time. Um, Do you think it's okay to consider that you can feel really good with someone and also not want to be in a committed relationship with them? Like, do you think that maybe that background of emotional abuse and some of the associated trauma responses might make us believe that we need to stay with someone because they treat us well or we need to stay with someone because it feels decent as opposed to saying, you know what, this can can feel decent and it also may not be what I opt into right now? Yeah, I've definitely seen where someone comes out of an abusive situation and picks a partner who's safe. And safety brings a lot of good stuff. My main squeeze, my husband, is like safe as as all get out. And safe is hard to make sexy. (laughs) Like, there's nothing more stable and and sexy than being like, hey, all the bills are paid. (laughs) Hey, I treat you with respect and and, and make sure to get like the the two-ply toilet paper I know you like, right? Like, that's hard to make sexy. Reply. Uh, so I've had <laughs> I've had some people come who find that safe person after an abusive situation and then they're like, oh fuck, now I feel safe again and I have internalized that safety and this feels less adventurous than I'm used to and I need more. So then I'm like, cool, could you teach that person some skills? Hmm. Right? Could you help them move from um, where maybe they are are more stagnant? and teach them some stuff so Mm -hmm. like go to dr jess's like (laughs) class on like oral sex learn yourself something and practice it so is there is there a way to help that person level up from the safety that they provided you to help you get back on track oh interesting so there's multiple options here right like to find that excitement and attraction with someone do you believe that if you don't feel that attraction right away that you can cultivate that attraction over time 
I think you can, right? Like I, I see people oftentimes lose it because they, they have a lot of stuff get on the, the, the brakes to their arousal. Like I've been with my main squeeze for 13 years now. So it is harder for, for him to just be like, hot to me compared to someone I've never met because I can project all the good stuff onto that person mm-hmm. <laughs> like this person never like forgot to take the dog out this person never <laughs> forgot to like unload the dishwasher um so I I do think that we can also if, if we are curious and allow ourselves to expand and see how we expand and do that with a partner then we can find ways to reignite that stuff so let's say you go oh you know what in the safety I realize I might be more in defeat than I, I thought and a partner says, okay, I can I can witness that with you. I can explore that with you. And having someone do that with you, go to the unknown with you, could be like, oh fuck, I do love this person. Like I, I can see now like this different this different piece of them that I don't get to see as often. And that I fall in love with. I like that. So that, I I think yeah. this person has multiple options, right? On one hand, you don't have to yeah. stay with someone because you feel good with him um you might want to explore that relationship but i think it can be helpful to sit down and ask yourself what do you really want what makes you feel really good um you're very you're obviously deserving of feeling great and you're deserving of course of good sex as well and that can be cultivated so i I do thank them for writing writing in and um asking now i have a couple more i want to get to and then I, i definitely want to talk about some stuff i've seen on your ig this actually relates to what you just said so this person says i love my boyfriend and i really like him but i'm no longer attracted to him the sex is good when we have it but i just don't find him physically appealing we've been together four years and i don't know what to do yeah so there's a lot in this one i think the pandemic has put this pressure on people because when you're around something every day it's hard to desire it like I am a fucking tasty treat, but my husband sees this every day, and so it could be harder for him to be like, "Oh, this delicious treat again," and and the pandemic of being like working together, being stuck together, constantly seeing each other, it's like, oh, I I'm not getting a chance to miss you. I don't get the, a chance to remember how much I I love you when I come back. You're like you all travel a lot. I'm sure when Jess is out, and Brandon's like. Huh. He's like in my head. He's like lighting a candle, like an old like um, sailor's wife, like at the window for your safe return. Uh, I do. And then I, when you, you know, come back, it, it, it's so funny you talk about that. I am Captain Safety. Like for me, it's safety first. For Jess, it's like safety third. Um, so I I am, and and definitely during this pandemic, I, I think we have spent m- way more time through it, like together than we have in a decade. But he still wants this tasty but treat. I, yeah, <laughs> I no, I'm not lying. I still want this tasty treat. No, but um, I'm not as exciting right now. But I think, I think everyone. I mean, he's not I, going there, folks. I, he's no, not no, going. No, no, no. It's not even that I'm not going there. I know that the two of us are around each other, and you made reference to being that everything for the. For in this case, in our case, perhaps the 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 only other person with whom you are, um, in, that you're in a relationship with. So I expect Jess to be my cheerleader. Uh, I expect to have sex with her. I ex- uh, no expect. <laughs> I hope she does. You know, but all of these. That's things, actually his come online. Hey, I hi, Jess. You to, hi, Jess. I expect you to have sex with me. <laughs> no. Me? With it? With it? Well, a, we've agreed upon. With an interrogative at the end. <laughs> So, but on all these different layers, like all these different levels, and I, uh, you know, growing up, I had this idea of what a relationship was, and it had very defined boundaries. So, you know, now what you had said from the beginning, which is you have different people that might satisfy different 
elements of what it is you want, I think is a very interesting topic. And I wonder, like, how do you even begin to have those conversations with a partner when you haven't had them before? Right. And, you know, physical attraction is just a piece of attraction. So I would think about, you know, are you drawn to him emotionally? Are you drawn to him spiritually? Are you drawn to him romantically? Are you drawn to him practically? And really tune into that uh, to kind of rebuild some sort of uh, physical attraction. And you say that the sex is good. So how else can you play with that? Like, you know, sometimes it's just a matter of seeing someone dressed differently or in a different position. I I don't mean like a sex position. Uh, In a different role. Like one thing that I find very attractive is when I see Brandon kind of working a room. Like I, I just love the way he smiles when he's talking to a group. I love the way he entertains. I like the way he tells a story. It's usually my story, and he's just stolen it and made it seem funnier because he's a guy. Yeah, funnier, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> people are like, he's so what funny. Oh my goodness! Here's a trick to everyone listening. Yeah, because he's telling all my damn stories. <laughs> repeat it. Just say it louder. Just and be a dude. Say it louder. And be a dude. <laughs> and be a dude. Um, so. I think that like seeing your partner in a different light, I also think that, you know, physical attraction, mm-hmm. are you okay with not being physically attracted, right? Like, is it, do you, has someone told you you must be physically attracted? Like you look at them and want to have sex with them. And we have to remember that that is not necessarily the litmus test of whether you're attracted. As you said, Adam, like I can be physically attracted to Brennan, but it doesn't mean when I look at him that I'm always feeling that attraction or you know, right now, maybe people are feeling that less. So uh, I, I don't think you have to see it as a sign of the, of something awry. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm a big advocate to, you know, I'm, I'm really attracted to people who invest in themselves in whatever way that looks. Are you doing something for your mental health, for your sense of style, for like your, your physical health? Like, what are you doing to invest in you? And sometimes it's easy, I think, especially in a long-term relationship, to kind of be like, cool, we'll just put it on like, coast because we're in this and it feels safe and good um and and to to take a healthy risk and grow and invest in yourself in some way shape or form feels like it could rock that safety right so you know the ability to go maybe i want to rock the safety a little bit and and what would that look like maybe i you know go back to grad school and and study something or change careers maybe it's me um trying out like new styles investing in style just all together i'm really into clothes if you cannot tell <laughs> i'm literally calling from a closet um <laughs> so it, it's it's all sorts of ways to to explore the unknown of the self with the witness of a partner well this actually takes us to an ig post that i wanted to talk about that you posted uh and this is what you wrote the irony of good love Healthy relationships encourage growth and often end when they are unable to accommodate the growth they inspire. So how do you know if you've outgrown your relationship? How can you make sure that your relationship can expand to accommodate personal growth? You know, like how do you renegotiate? What does that look and sound like? So I'm just going to say... One thing that I really like uh, and one thing that excites me about you, Brandon, is that I I love that you're learning new things. Like, I love that on his own, he's studying Spanish. He wants to learn how to speak Spanish. Los gatos beben leche. Los gatos beben mucho leche. (laughs) Mucho. Oh, new word. Sorry, new word. Um, (laughs) And even around social justice, I love that you're doing all that reading. I I, I like that. Like, maybe it sounds really stupid, but I like that you read the paper and then do the weekly quiz at the end of the week so that you're kind of 
up on things and have those things to talk about. And 10 years ago, I didn't see that. So to be in this place where I feel like I'm learning something new about you, but also you're doing something on your own, even though he keeps asking me to join the Spanish classes, but I can't sit still, man. I do. I keep asking, but I I like the idea (laughs) of growing and and I think that it's really interesting to think about how that encourages your partner to perhaps maybe do the same. Like when I see Jess doing something new, I'm inspired. I'm like, wow, that's interesting. Like I I want to better myself. And I think that it kind of snowballs upon itself. And then you become, perhaps you, you choose to become somebody a little bit more complex, a little bit just different. And all of a sudden that to me becomes attractive. But, but let's go back to what Adam said. Like the irony of it is that there may be limits. So healthy relationships encourage yeah. growth and often end when they are unable to accommodate the growth they inspire. Ooh, Adam, what do we do about that? No, like what I see, because my specialty is like sexuality and kink, right? Is because of sexual shame, people don't have the opportunity to own those things in an early age. So then they kind of like get on the relationship track, meet someone who's safe enough, get a few years under their belt, feels good. And then, oh, mama, I have a foot fetish. (laughs) What Mm -hmm. do we do? Now Mm -hmm. it's going to disrupt all of this. And that only came about because that other partner was so chill and lovely and, and let them just be themselves that they could finally integrate this fragmented part into their everyday. Hmm. So now the relationship's going to have to go, okay, can you look at, um, you know, opening up? Can you look at um, that sort of erotica and consume it? Would that be enough? Could you um, recognize what a foot fetish might be doing for you and find other ways that don't challenge our relationship boundaries to have that need met? Um, And sometimes people can do that. Sometimes people can level up. Sometimes people go, oh, you know what? I'm not really into it, but if you want to paint my toenails, that's not going to hurt me. What do I care? And then some people would say, absolutely not. Like, I didn't sign up for this. And that that feels disruptive or unsafe. And that's where, because there isn't the ability to expand, to hold that new growth, the relationship can break. So, like, people pe- people come in and they go, well, you're, you're different. I'm like, bet you've been together for 20 years. <laughs> you're not 19 anymore. <laughs> Yeah, my nightmare. Yeah, my nightmare would be if Brandon was the same person he was when he was twenty. Not that you were a nightmare. Like, I mean, you were pretty much a forty-year-old man. But <laughs> I was. No, but I, I want, I appreciate that. But it, I, I think you keep bringing something up in all of these conversations, and that's safety. Uh, and so, mm-hmm. when you feel that you can't accommodate the growth, can you maybe think about like what makes me feel unsafe about this? Right? Like, why? What would happen? Let's say. So I want to go back to, you know, I know not everybody is consensually non-monogamous. I think to some degree we all are, depending on how you define monogamy. Uh, there's all these I mean, different if shades. Looking, if you're looking at porn, you're some level of more than monogamous. Right. Or she fantasizing. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we said what we said, but I let's, let's say I have a foot fetish and Brandon's not into yeah. it. And he really, maybe mm-hmm. he doesn't like his feet ha- being touched. Uh, maybe he yeah. is adverse to it. Um, maybe he likes to grow out his foot hair and braid it and doesn't want me to see it. Like all of these different things. Um, what would be the harm? I guess the question I might ask myself or he might ask himself, he might say, no, I want you to be monogamous. I want you to be sexual, be sexual with me, but I also find sex feet sexually arousing. He doesn't want to be a part of that. You mentioned a whole bunch of things like watching porn, talking about it, looking at the underlying emotional or personal fulfillment there. Also, you know, asking yourself the question, if I were to play with someone else's feet, what's the fear in that? What could be the harm in that? What damage could it potentially do to our relationship? And I'm not being rhetorical here. I mean, those are real 
questions you can consider. I know it sounds rhetorical because for me, I, I, I would be okay with Brandon playing with someone else's feet or vice versa. But I, I do think that we need to go back to our underlying fears here, don't we? And, and our threats to safety. Mm-hmm. And for me, you know, what, as, as a hoe with a heart of gold, anytime I go out and have an experience with someone, there is a part of me that tethers all of that goodness to my main squeeze, the husband. So I'm like, hey, I got to go do this, experience this, explore this, be my wild and out self, because you love me so much. In a world that said I should feel shame about life, that didn't want me to have access to this. And so not only did I like feel good in the part of myself I stepped into and exploring myself with this other person, place, or thing, but mama, I feel even more tethered to you, because you are the reason I get to have it. So it's, it's, it is um, kind of life hacking that safety and pouring it back into the relationships that are, are solid. I really appreciate that. It's it's their support that and the, the safety and the beauty of the relationship that let you grow into this uh, or that supported you in growing into this. And then it's the love and support that encourages you in exploring, uh, not the language of permission giving, right? Because I sometimes mm-hmm. hear that like, well, would your husband let you? Would your partner let yeah. you? It's that I, I want to support you. I, I always ask myself the question, you know, why why would I want to hold you back from any form of fulfillment? And I'm I'm not talking about, you know, like the porn model of you need to have a threesome or because a lot of people don't want that. A lot of people aren't desiring mm-hmm. that. But when I do feel threatened, I, I always want to ask myself the question. And this isn't just sexual at all. I'm actually not thinking mm-hmm. about sex. I want you to be I want you to have everything you want in this short time on earth. I want, I'm talking to Brandon here. You too, Adam. I want you to have everything too. But I want if you Brandon to have- Brandon wants to have-, <laughs> wants to have Adam, I, I want you to have everything you want. And if there's anything I can do to facilitate. I just- I we have uh, pictures? Just keep an open mind. I just have to keep an open mind. I'm sure there are photos. Oh, well, we won't talk about, for anyone who's from Toronto, can I yeah. talk about listeners? This? Yeah. yeah. Right so to anyone who is either from Toronto or has visited Toronto, there's a famous bar, and you will know it if you've ever watched Queer as Folk, called Woody's. And Brandon was the poster child for Woody's. I think that's a bit of a stretch. Not I a don't child, think sorry. The poster, the poster adult. The poster, poster barely legal. Uh, <laughs> I you could you used to be able to catch me on the side of Woody's in Various states of undress in in uh, wearing a flag, um, doing the Lord's work, <laughs> and I and I think that might have been it. No, my favorite was the one of you in oh, boxing yeah, shorts no, no, no. and you're grabbing your crotch and it says cocky. <laughs> no, definitely. I I. So anyhow, if people are curious, yeah. I'm gonna make this the feature photo. Well, I mean, I don't want to replace Adam. Adam's the feature photo. No, no. This is I. <laughs> I yield my time to the distinguished gentleman from Woody's. <laughs> I am going to put them on our website if, if think, we can find them and if Brandon consents. I think that those photos have been retired from Woody's. I think I, I've been replaced. No, but I have I have them somewhere. Oh, yeah, in, we still have them. I have them because they were in magazines. They were in the inner cover of Fab Magazine mm-hmm. every week. So I'm going to go looking for them. I'm going to try and put them yes. on Instagram. Uh, I fucking love it. Please tag me in it. (laughs) So I just, I really appreciate the way you discuss these topics with nuance. You know, the idea that in a healthy relationship that that makes space for growth, it can also feel threatening, right? It can feel difficult to accommodate that growth. And so it is really important that people remain open to kind of renegotiating 
what a relationship looked like because we always talk about rules and expectations, but these do evolve over time. So, you know, one thing that I, I remember seeing on on your Instagram as well, and people should go follow Moon Tower Counseling, is had, had to do with a relationship check-in. And this is something I talk about as well, but I love the way you put it, like just some simple questions to check in with the relationship regularly. Could you give us a couple of questions for kind of a weekly or monthly check-in? Yeah, I love the question of like, what am I doing well? And what do you need to see some some change in, right? Because one, if you tell me what I'm doing well, that's easier for me to connect with. Oh, baby girl, the way you like took care of them kids today, <laughs> I was just wilding out from work and you just swept in and you put those little bitches to bed, like boom, boom, boom. I fucking loved it. It was great. Thank you. Like, I, I feel good now. And what do you need some help with, right? What, where's the challenge? I really long for some more intimacy. Oh, okay, cool. I can I can work on that. Um, it, it's learning how to to ask questions about um, what people are longing for, what it means when they get it. Right. I love open ended questions. So, you know, what's your favorite thing about me? Everything. What, what makes exactly <laughs> i mean i know I was, you like, like you leave me alone <laughs> i know you like everything but what's your favorite <laughs> mm-hmm. um, um, and then sometimes it, it's letting go right letting go of like the sense of i have to be perfect for this to, to be secure and safe mm. if, if you have any sort of conflict with me that's going to disrupt the safety so don't tell me that but if you can't tell me, I'm just going to be resentful and that resentment is going to become contempt over time. And then that contempt is going to poison the well of our relationship. So tell me when I fuck up, I'm going to fuck up. Let me know. <laughs> Actually, letting go of the need to be perfect is something that's kind of been a theme in, in our relationship. Like I know that Brandon does not like to screw up. Like even if I'm a little bit upset, it can feel it can at times feel catastrophic for you, right? Yeah, I mean, I grew up in in an environment where you just wanted to avoid doing anything to upset my parents, and that mm-hmm. again, that modeled behavior carried over into the relationship that I'm in now, and and I've conti- I still battle with it, which is the idea of never wanting to fail anyone and that is really really difficult because that actually for me results in an inability to make a decision an inability to move forward something as simple and i'm i'm just thinking about like dinner i won't order dinner or i don't want to choose the restaurant that we might order from in fear of choosing the wrong thing and there's like that's ridiculous when i say it out loud but partly a legitimate fear because yeah, i'm a little because bit because somebody oh, really loves food i'm an animal but you know <laughs> The point is, is that that actually like the inability to simply just decide on what I want to eat translates often or has translated into a bit of an argument because you want to let go of that responsibility. And why can't I just decide? So I'm, again, very simply put, just making that decision and not worrying about the 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 outcome because I know it's going to be good no matter what. Like you might not like the pizza that I ordered or the Thai food, but you know what? <laughs> we'll get through it together. <laughs> oh, you've never seen me angry because I wanted pizza, not Thai. Yeah, I wanted to do some. <laughs> and really what it comes down to is to say, cool, you want me to take on the, this. You want me to step into this role of deciding. That means I need a commitment from you that you're going to like what I do. You have to work to, to connect to the appreciation. So if you're giving it up, then you give it up, baby girl. But if you want to be a part, you got to say, 
Speak now, forever hold your peace. I think I just got called out. Cause I, <laughs> but that is part of the problem. I think that, you know, you have this response where you want to be perfect and you never want to screw up and you never want to disappoint me, even in the smallest way. Uh, and I also do have issues with letting go of control around things. That's something I've been learning about myself that I have to let go uh, and just let things happen. And if there's a small, if I don't get what I want, I will survive. I can be really nitpicky um, in work, in, in, in life, on myself and on other people. And so I have to work on that. So Adam just called me out. <laughs> I think you're just a woman of quality and I am the same. So I get it. He I have to say that to my husband. I'm like, hey. <laughs> Uh, I have to tell my husband, I'm like, hey, I want it to be like this. I want this. I like, I want you to pick dinner and I want it to be seafood and probably sushi. Get on it. Right. I, I'm and really he, flexible. Yeah. I just want seafood, sushi, only tuna. I don't want the seaweed on the outside, yeah. only nigiri. Yes. <laughs> but you choose, but you choose. I'm, per <laughs> I'm perfectly happy as long as everything is the way I think it ought to be. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so anyhow, I just want to go back to my appreciation for for your Instagram for these these serious issues you talk about in such uh, short, meaningful ways, and for people to maybe have a reminder to think about: Are you encouraging growth in your relationship? And not only are you encouraging it, but are you supporting it when it happens, and being willing to adjust, and being willing to lean into your own fears and your own insecurities when that growth feels new? Because sometimes just something new can feel scary. Now, you know. Before I let you go, Adam, uh, do you have a quick moment to talk about fetishes? I do. I fucking love talking about fetishes. <laughs> yeah, and you, I know you're going to help us reframe the way we look at fetishes. I do have a, a question from a listener. It's a very specific question. So mm -hmm. they, they say, I have a dental fetish, and I haven't been to the dentist in years now, and I'm going to go again. Uh, and they, they ask, what is fair in terms of how much I can enjoy the dentist without crossing any lines or violating consent? I'm thinking that I should just go through the process and then maybe fantasize about it after. And by the way, it's not about my dentist. I'm not remotely attracted to them. I just love the whole experience. Uh, but what if I get aroused? Yeah. And I would say, right, we get aroused by things all the time, every day. And fantasy does not hurt people. The things I'm doing to Brandon in my mind right now, honey, <laughs> filthy. Arrest me, me immediately. Are we, are we playing Frisbee together? Is that what it, is that what it, <laughs> we can make that a reality. <laughs> I love you. Um, <laughs> in that, right, though, like, I, I don't have to then, like, feel bad. Like, it's not hurting him. I'm not, like, doing anything to, to have Brandon feel less than or use. Now, if, if that behavior comes to the surface... And I am like projecting things onto him without his consent. That's, that's where it gets to be a sticky situation. So I look at it as like, enjoy, enjoy whatever the moment is. You know, I, I when we, when I was thinking about like talking about fetishes, I sometimes talk about this with, with people because I have a fetish um, and it is wild and out, but it helped me really understand um, what people who have fetishes experience and what it could be like in therapy. So, you know, for me, my fetish is wrestling. I fucking love it. Love it since I was a kid. Like when I came out in, in therapy and accepted myself, the exercise I had to do was take a box and on the inside put what I hide from the world and on the outside what I project. And on the inside, I had a picture of a guy because I was coming out to myself and I had wrestling. Like I came out as like gay and having a fetish at the same time. 
And, you know, unfortunately, mental health has a really old school definition of a fetish that's linked to an old school definition of sex. Because they look at sex as penetration and orgasm. And so then a fetish is like, well, not that. And you, you, can't, you can't have any sort of orgasm without that, those things. And to me, it is much bigger than that. Like people who, who have fetishes, um, I look at like kink and fetishes as being on a continuum. So you have like absolutely not. And there's a lot of reasons why people might be an absolutely not. Maybe because they have past trauma. Maybe because they have other things in their life going on, right? Like if I have three kids, <laughs> getting tied up does not sound fun. I'm just trying to survive over here. Um, maybe I'm asexual, right? Maybe I just don't enjoy sex in general. And then you have like, kind of like light kink and light kink is like your girlfriend who like on valentine's day is like let's be naughty and she pulls out like the pink furry cuffs and then they just like sit in a bedside table for eternity after that and you're like oh you sweet summer child um (laughs) and then you have people who are like into it right they're maybe more looking at kink in their own world maybe they're consuming it near erotica then moving up that that Continuum, you have people who might have a scene name who are going to parties, who are actively engaged, use the language. And then you have like the budding fetish, which is, hey, maybe I really just like this activity. I go to parties, I do this activity. I fantasize a lot. It's about this activity. And then then you have people who are like, this is it for me. I'd rather have this than a lot of other things. It's just where I feel most alive. It's where I feel most good, most connected. And low key, people fetishize shit all the time. Like, if you think about, like, fabric, right? How many times do people use lace or silk in their erotic play? It's like, bitch, that's a fetish. <laughs> you are turning yourself on for a, a fabric, right? Mm-hmm. You, you are doing that. And then look at, like, the body, right? I talk about feet because, like, one in seven people have, like, some, some form of foot fetish. Um, but we fetishize all sorts of parts of the body as a society without blinking an eye. People are like, oh, those abs are hot. Bitch, those abs, that's a fetish. Look at that smile. Oh, it's just so lovely. Those are bones coming out of your head. <laughs> like, <laughs> you sick pervert. You just turned yourself on for a smile. <laughs> you like someone's head's bone. Nasty bitch. <laughs> so, like, it, it, it's just so common. And it really takes this idea of, like, it, it is just part of finding pleasure in the world. And some of that pleasure will look really conventional. And some of that pleasure will just be your own experience in, in interacting with people, places, and things. Um, and to, to deny yourself pleasure is just ugh, not my jam. Um, I think you can enjoy it without um, crossing boundaries that would violate violate the consent of other people. So I appreciate <laughs> there's, that. There's your TED Talk for today. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really appreciate the way you normalize the conversation um, and, and remind us that everything is a long a continuum, right? And when we have that reminder that's a, that it's along a continuum, I think it helps to reduce the shame. Like I am curious if this person hasn't been to the dentist because of avoidance and because of shame. And I, I want to just note that like, you know, even though, you know, you're joking about Brandon or flirting or whatever it is, you guys have a rapport. You know each other. Mm-hmm. You have this background. You've, you've, mm-hmm. pro- you DM each other, I presume. Uh, <laughs> it's not like, you know, <laughs> no, it's not like you're just seeing Brandon for the first time and saying, hey, I'm, I'm thinking these mm-hmm. things. So similarly for this person, mm-hmm. you know, you can fantasize about anyone, as Adam said. Like, for example, I, I think about 
the DMs that I receive unsolicited from people I don't know who will tell me what they've thought about with me. And to me, that's a violation. It's not a violation yeah. that you're thinking about it. I don't care. It's none of my business what you're thinking about. But I've never met you. I've never shown any interest in, in this. I've never consented to it. And then you're telling me in explicit detail what, mm -hmm. you're, what you're thinking about with me. I, I, first of all, I'll be clear. I no longer read those messages. <laughs> I don't think any mm -hmm. listeners are doing that, honestly. I think it's, you know, far off people. Uh, but I, I think that there's this really clear line where you can enjoy anything you want at the dentist. But if you were to, you know, look up in the dentist's eye and, you know, say, this is feeling so good for me. I can, you know, I can feel the blood rushing to my, that, that would not obviously be appropriate. Yeah. But I think that the part of why this person's asking this question is because there is so much shame, but there's no shame in thought. And there's no shame in, you know, whether it's the dentist that turns you on or, you know, putting your face in flowers or sitting on a cake or wrestling. Oh, can I just ask you, is your wrestling, is it that you like to wrestle yeah. or you like to watch wrestling? Bitch, it's all of, it's a whole world. Like it is like a subculture, right? So there's like a million things within it. I tend to like all of it. Um, I'm usually the person who has control because look at her. Um, <laughs> but watching it, participating it, making it, Making people do it, ugh, all of it. And would you have yeah. a luchador so I, name? I, oh, I have like a scene name, uh, but I don't share that because I don't want like my you know my clients to go find me because uh, I'm wood. Um, <laughs> but I'm like known in like my scene. Yeah, <laughs> I'm known. I used to have a Tumblr that was like fucking fire, but then Tumblr got all sex negative, and it was like. Pfft. So I have a Twitter now, and I get like because of the pandemic, I get um, guys in the scene we will like have cyber sex and then I'll have them like take pictures and things like that and put it like in the trophy case. And so then they get to go up on my Twitter and get to feel like all important because they're on my Twitter. <laughs> I, I love it. And you know, in terms of the shame, did you feel shame in the beginning? Is that something you had to work through? Um, I definitely didn't realize how much it was a part of me and what it does. Like it helps me manage my mental health. So if I have um, a feeling of depression pop off, I can like give a heads up to some of my like frisky wrestling friends and they might, um, you know, do a scene with me. They might send me some pictures of them in gear. They like, they, they know how to support me in a way and in a level, right. That, that just hits differently than talking to a therapist. <laughs> Not that I'm like anti-talking to therapists. It's how mama makes her money. Um, it's needed. And I think there are things that we can do in our sexuality, uh, things that we can do in touch, things that we can do in, in exploring the erotic that talk therapy itself cannot do. I really appreciate that, you know, the, that you can use these fetishes and these desires to explore connection, to cope with stress. And I, I, I once again encourage people to follow along with Moon Tower Counseling to learn more about Adam Mara and make sure you're following on Instagram because you are full of really just honest, good, authentic information. You're sort of funny. Uh, you and Brandon together. <laughs> the read. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, Adam Maurer, gender career, straight friendly therapist from Austin, Texas. I'll let Brandon. A defender of pleasure, a slayer of shame, a bougie bitch who loves to pitch <laughs> out wisdom on sex, love, and mental health. The fabulous Miss Adam Maurer. Thank you so much, Adam. Oh, my gosh. Thank y'all. I love y'all so much. <laughs> love chatting with you. Wow. What a great podcast. So many nuggets of wisdom from Adam. I really enjoyed that chat today. 
You have such a nice romance going on with Adam. You know what? I feel a connection with Adam. I feel like I need to make a trip to Austin, Texas. Maybe, you know, go for coffee, throw the disc a little. <laughs> okay. <laughs> have some fun. Okay. So, yeah. But anyway, it was it was great. I really enjoyed chatting with Adam today. So, for all of you listening, please subscribe. Go on, write a review, share with your friends. We love hearing from you. We welcome all of your questions because the more we know, the more I think we can help. Agreed. You want you want questions, Brandon? I love the questions. I love getting put on the spot. I feel like that's the jam here, isn't it? My favorite podcast of all time was when people sent you a bunch of questions and I just got to <laughs> listen I just to you. Answered? Yeah. So wherever you are, send in those questions. Have a wonderful week. Stay safe. Stay healthy and subscribe at Sex with Dr. Jess. You're listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Improve your sex life. Improve your life. <laughs>